One thing I really love is stories about dumb criminals. Maybe you've read some of those stories. And one that really caught my attention a few years back was a story about a, ro- a bank that was robbed out west somewhere. This bank was robbed, and when the police came to investigate who may have done this, what the crime was, the, the people at the bank said, we don't know. The, the person had a mask on. All we know is they smelled like the Chinese restaurant down the street. The police went to the Chinese restaurant, went back into the kitchen, found the cook with the bags of money, simply by his smell. Isn't that crazy? You know, the truth is this. We all reek of something. Every one of us reeks of something. And what do you reek of? Now, I'm not talking about some of us who have maybe forgot to take our shower today. That's a different type of reek, okay? But we all reek of something spiritually. The Bible tells us that as followers of Jesus, we are to be the fragrance of Christ. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. The apostle Paul writes these words, For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Spiritually speaking, have you ever thought about what odor you're carrying around? Because every one of us is carrying some odor in the spiritual sense. And what are you, what are you carrying around? Jesus calls us to live out our influence, which is grounded in generosity. It begins there. Our love for God, our love for others, our generosity should create such an aroma that just attracts people towards Jesus and the hope that he provides. If you weren't with us last week, Pastor Steve's message was on unstoppable faith of Abraham. His message was focused on us asking ourselves this question, you may believe in God, but do you believe God? Because the Bible tells us that God keeps his promise and believing God can transform us in a whole new way. And that is why our primary goal in this whole unstoppable initiative is 100% participation. Because God tells us that generosity is transformational. Unstoppable is not about what God wants from us. It's about what God wants for us. It is about trusting Jesus enough that he's going to take care of our needs. That Jesus will come through. And if you're a leader at Impact or a volunteer in a ministry in any capacity here, we want you to be a part of our unstoppable advanced commitment tonight at the NBC Suites here in Moon Township. We'll be holding this historic event at this location. And so be a part of what is sure to be our next defining moment as a church with our unstoppable generosity initiative. Do not miss this historic night. It's going to have incredible worship. It's going to have food. Yes, there's going to be some yummy desserts there, my friends, and some powerful live testimonies are going to be there. So stop by the hub after the service and RSVP, and you can get all the details there. There's going to be child care uh, provided. Space is limited, so please, if you haven't RSVP'd and you want to go, make sure you sign up ASAP after the service because you don't want to miss this historic opportunity. But you know what? When we step out in generosity— It not only transforms our heart, but it has the potential to change lives for generations to come. 
Just look at page four of the Unstoppable booklet if you have one. There on that page, you will see some tremendous moments in the history of impact. You know, let me just highlight some of those as you can see the timeline on the screen. In 1970, a small group of people had a dream to start a new church in Moon Township area. They sacrificed. They stepped out in generosity. And, and this church, formerly known as West Hills Christian Church, was formed in Moon Middle School. Then in 1976, the church grew. The people at that time stepped out in generosity and they built the first building, which is where we're at right now. In 1981, again, the people stepped out in generosity and built an addition as the church continued to grow. Then in 1995, as the church continued to grow, the people once again stepped out in generosity to build the 500-seat worship center that you're sitting in right now. And then in 2011, stepping out in generosity, now known as Impact, the people started a new radio program called Live With Impact to reach the city of Pittsburgh. And then in 2014, stepping out in generosity, once again, Impact Beaver Valley was launched. And here we're standing on the legacy of those who have gone before us to carry the torch of generosity that will transform our heart and hearts for generations to come. We are here because of their generosity, their sacrifice, just think for a moment who will be sitting in the worship services of all of our future locations simply because we stepped out in faith on this very day. Just imagine. Just imagine. Generosity is transformational. It transforms our heart in the ability to trust Jesus enough that he will come through and it transforms generations to come. From 1970 to the year 2017, hundreds of people chose to be a puzzle piece in God's epic design of this church. And that's all he's asking for his faithful followers to simply say, I will be a piece of the puzzle. See, God's journey from the beginning of time to now to the future is people who saying, God, you're creating a beautiful picture. And all he simply asks are people who are willing to say, I will be one of the puzzle pieces. I will be one of the puzzle pieces for something significant to happen. And I believe God is on the move here at Impact. His epic design is taking place. That's what this unstoppable initiative is all about. We've mentioned this several times, but let me reemphasize why we're doing what we're doing, what this initiative is all about. Jot this down in your notes. The first part of our, of our unstoppable initiative is relentless impact. I, I believe, as I just said a moment ago, that God is on the move and he continues to move his ministry forward. And that's what we desire to do, to continue to move ministry forward by reaching up, reaching out and reaching in to worship God and lead us all into worship and praising God, to reach out and, and win this community for Christ, to reach in as we grow and, and what it means to truly be a follower of Jesus. God is on the move. And, and there's a buzz going on here that I've never seen in the history of the church since I've been here. 
It's almost on a, on a daily basis over the past week and a half of people calling me, emailing me, of, of wanting to take the step to be baptized, giving their lives over to Jesus, of, of overcoming their sin habits, of doing great things. Before services yesterday, our Saturday service, we had four people baptized into Christ. And at this service, we're going to have one more. I have five more people who, are, who contacted me this past week that are waiting to be baptized. God is on the move. And he wants to continue to be on the move. That's why relentless impact is so vital. It's so important to help people, to help all of us to continue in the journey of what God wants from us and through us and for us. Secondly is relentless community. We're a church that's on a mission. We believe that God gave us a significant mission to do something as we move forward. That's what this community center at our new location is all about. God's giving us a specific mission to provide a place to help people who are far from God to come to know Jesus and the hope that he provides, only he provides. And as they come and find his hope, that they will then grow to realize what it means to truly be a full follower, full committed follower of Christ. That's why we do. That's relentless community. And we're going to continue to strive to develop that kind of community that God called us to have. And number three, relentless compassion. Relentless compassion. Beyond our walls, we desire the kingdom of God to advance. We want God to advance in the Pittsburgh area, in the United States, and all around the world. And that's what we're all about. But many times we think, this is just too big. This, this whole initiative, this whole thing is just too big. And I don't have the resources, or, or, and, and together we, don't, we just don't have the resources to benefit this unstoppable initiative. It just can't happen. But the question remains, do you believe God? Do you believe God? You see, so often we get so focused on the problem. We get so focused on the challenge at hand that we lose out on the reality of God at work. And he's working whether we choose to be a puzzle piece or not. He just wants us to be a part of it because he wants something for us. That's all. This is why I love the story that we're talking about so much. In John chapter 6, we see an amazing story, an amazing miracle of God's epic design. See, in this moment, Jesus was at the height of his popularity. He just finished teaching and performing all these miracles. He and the disciples jumped on a boat to cross the Sea of Galilee on the far side. And I can only imagine, they simply just wanted some R&R. They just wanted some downtime. I mean, it's been busy. It's been crazy. It's time to just put up our feet and relax a little bit. But then they looked over their shoulders and this huge crowd was following them. The Bible says in John chapter 6 that the men alone numbered 5,000. It is estimated that when you add in the women and the children to that number, there was over 15,000 people on that day coming towards Jesus. That's an enormous issue. And on top of that, it's getting to be lunchtime. And they're hungry. Have you ever been with someone who's really hungry? Not a pretty sight sometimes, huh? Imagine 15,000 plus. There was a significant problem. The problem came about, and my friends, it wasn't an easy solution. 
It wasn't, hey, let's go down and, and run to Chick-fil-A. Oh, wait, it's Sunday. Let's go to McDonald's <laughs> and grab some Happy Meals, right? No, this was a significant problem. And seeing the crowd approaching, I love this, seeing the crowd approaching, Jesus turned to Philip, one of his disciples, and asked in verse 5, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Where, where can we do this, Philip? I, I, this just amazes me. I can just imagine Jesus just turning to Philip. Philip, how are we going to do this? What is the plan? But you know what Jesus was doing? As he turned to Philip, he was desiring a response. He was desiring Philip to think through, are you going to be a part of something? I mean, Jesus just, I can only imagine his mindset. Hello, you're standing next to the son of God. Hello. All you need to do is step out in faith. He just wanted a response. Don't miss this point. Jot this down. Jesus often seeks a response from us. He often seeks a response from us. Don't you think Jesus already knew what was about to happen? Don't you think Jesus already had his whole plan in mind? He knows it. But in all of his encounters throughout the Gospels and all throughout history and for us today, in all of his encounters, Jesus reveals that he wants something for us, not something from us. See, in that moment, as he turned to Philip, he was seeking Philip's heart, not really his resources. Because through his heart, great things were about to happen. The very next verse in verse 6 even explains that it says that Jesus, he was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. But Philip's response is one I think many of us wrestle with, many of us struggle with. Look at verse 7 of John chapter 6. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Did you catch what Philip did in that moment? We all do it. Every one of us, I think, has done it at some point in our journey. We, we quickly assess the situation, and we make an immediate decision. Philip, on that day, he quickly looked and said, boy, there's a lot of people. Jesus, I can't work enough to feed all those people. There's no way we can handle this problem. And we do this all the time too. We take a peek at the situation and we have our quick assessment that this is too big for us. I, I can't do this. We can't do this. There is no way. And here we are as a church prepared to relocate into an 80,000 square foot ice arena. A year ago, I was driving through Moon Township. You can blame me. I'm the culprit. And on my drive on that one morning, I was passing the airport ice arena and I saw these men putting up this sign that said, for sale. See, at this time, you guys knew, know who have been here. We've been looking for property or places because as we've been outgrowing this current campus, and I drove past her, I'm thinking, no way. Not possible. And I called Pastor Steve, and then I called our friends at the Solomon Foundation. They just said, listen, call the realtor and just get the information. I'm like, okay. So I called the realtor and I'm talking to her and she's giving me the information and how much they're asking for it. And at that time it was just the building. And I'm thinking, this is not gonna work. There's, this is too big. I wish I had the time to go through all the details of God showing up. 
Because in that moment, God taught me a very important lesson. I'm bigger than this, Bill. I'm bigger than this, and I'm just waiting for you to trust me enough. Just trust me enough, and I'm going to show up. And he showed up time and time and time again over the past how many months has it been. And I believe he's going to continue to show up. God is on the move. And I think the question we just need to ask us is, are you listening and responding to Jesus? Are you listening and responding to Jesus? That's what he wanted from Philip. And that's what he wants from us today. Are we just listening to him and willing to respond? Are we willing just to say, I will be a puzzle piece in this design. I will be a part of it. Yet when we are faced with how big the task is, if you're like me, we get overwhelmed. Anxiety begins to set in. And in these moments, Jesus desires to settle our hearts. He desires to settle our hearts. That's what he wants. He wants to calm us down, slow us down, and just say, I got this. When Jesus was about to perform this amazing miracle, in verse 10, look what happens. Jesus tells them, everyone, to sit down. And all the people sat down on the grassy slopes in that area. You know, in this moment, you need to understand the magnitude of the moment. The disciples were all worked up with the enormity of the issue. The thousands and thousands of people were restless with hunger and anticipation of Jesus. And today, we're no different. We get all worked up on how will this all come together? How will the finances work out? How can we possibly do ministry at this level? Yet Jesus asks us, just like he asked them, just sit down. Just sit down. Just, just settle down. Trust me. Just trust me. I've got this. We get all worked up about the sacrifice that we believe God is calling us to, and he is. And we believe that it all begins with sacrifice. But in Psalm 51, David revealed that even before sacrifice can take place, that we are to have a broken and contrite heart. You see, Jesus says, before anything else, you need to come to me as a broken person, realizing that without me, you really have nothing. You need me. And at some level, at some point, every one of us needs to get, that, get to that point at the throne of God. And in Proverbs chapter 3, we're told Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Because you know what happens in our minds is we overthink it. In our own understanding, it's not possible. And we kind of talk ourselves out of our willingness to trust God. And God says, trust me. Just, just trust me. That's what Jesus is saying. Sit down. Settle down. Trust me. I've got this. You may be overwhelmed, but this is not too big for me. You may not understand, but I have the end in sight. You may be trapped in anxiety, but I am in full control. Just trust me. Do you trust him? Do you trust him enough to come through? The question to jot in your notes is, how important is it to let Jesus settle your heart. 
in your life, in your journey, how important is it to let Jesus truly settle your heart? That's trust. Now, just prior to Jesus calming the crowd, Andrew, this is Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and said to Jesus in verse 9, there's a young boy. There's a boy over there with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is it that with this huge crowd? You know, here's the problem that we sometimes face. The problem that, that Andrew revealed in this moment. There's just too many big butts in this world. All right, now get your head out of the gutter, my friends. <laughs> Not those butts. We do the same thing Andrew did right there all the time, don't we? God, I have this resource, but. God, I, I, I have this desire to serve, but. And so often we say, Jesus, I have this but. And those buts that we have in our life often hold us back from the reality of what God wants to do within our heart and through our life. And it's time that we remove the buts from our life. And trust Jesus enough to come through. Trust him enough to come through. You know, many of us struggle with, what good will my seemingly few resources really do? That's what Andrew looked at this boy. That's so nice of you, young man, that he brought the bread and he had the fish. Thank you for bringing that up. And I can only imagine Andrew just kind of laughing a little bit. This kid doesn't really get it. But you know what? I think this young boy got it more than him. I really do. Because he believed in God. And we often wonder, how will this one little resource really make a difference? I want to ask my wife to come up here for just a moment. You guys want to welcome Shelly up here to the stage? <laughs> Pull out your pop rocks. I know you've been waiting, like, what is this for? It's time to get a sugar high, my friends. So open up your pop rocks. See, you know what tends to happen just hold on to those for just a moment as you open them. What tends to happen is we get so focused on what we have. And we think, what I have is not enough. It can't do enough. You know, it's kind of like these pop rocks. If my lovely wife will pour some of those into her mouth, do a quick close and open your mouth and let the echoes through the room. Can you hear it? Not really, right? Because one of us, it's just one of us is doing it on our own. It doesn't make much. Now let's all pour it in together. You ready? Close it, then open it. One, two, three, pour. Close and open. Listen to the jingle, my friends. Isn't that beautiful? This is the reality of the church at work. You see, when we all come together and we just trust Jesus enough and say, here's my resource, at that moment, God comes through and says, that's it. You are the city of the hill. You are the salt of this world. You are my beautiful sound that I want to echo throughout this whole world. If we're just willing to allow God to work through us like this. Guys, thanks, Shelly, for coming up here. I know this is going to jingle a little bit more because... It takes a while, so just enjoy. It's okay. Just enjoy the sugar rush for a moment. But don't miss this extremely important truth. 
jot this down. Jesus often takes the resources that are immediately available and multiplies them abundantly. He takes the resources that are immediately available, who's ever willing to say, hear God, and he multiplies them abundantly. Jesus went and he took the bread and he took the fish, the, the gift, the resources that seemed like it wasn't enough from this small boy. And he distributed it, the loaves of bread and the fish with all the people. And the Bible says in verse 11, get this, and they all ate as much as they wanted. This wasn't like, hey, let's, we got to get this through the whole crowd. Here's, here's a little piece of bread for you, a little, little dabble of, of fish. Let's, let's be, be light on what you take because we need to feed everybody. The Bible says every single person on that day ate as much as they wanted. It was a buffet. Jesus turned these loaves of bread and this fish into a buffet. Is that not awesome? That's truly amazing, but it doesn't stop there. After everyone feasted and were full, Jesus told the disciples to gather the leftovers. He said, guys, there's even leftovers. Go clean it up. Look at verse 13. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. 12 baskets overflowing full of leftovers. Isn't that amazing? All Jesus said was, I want you to step up to the plate and trust me. And you may think what you provide is a little, but watch me go to work. Just watch me take what you think is a small little resource and multiply it in abundance. Do you trust him enough? The question we need to ask ourselves is, do you believe Jesus will multiply your gift? Do you believe that he will multiply your gift? Jesus used the gift of this young boy that didn't have much for something significant. I really think this boy would be what we describe on page 16 of the Unstoppable booklet as the initial giver. You know, this was someone who never did this before. It was the very first time that they stepped up the plate. Maybe this was the first time the boy even ever saw Jesus. But all he knew was, boy, there's a problem here. I don't have much, but here, this is all I got. I, it's not much, but can you use it? And Jesus took the gift of that initial giver and multiplied it in abundance. You know, we don't know much about this little boy. We really don't. All we know is that he trusted Jesus with the small resource that he had, and Jesus made something significant out of it. What about you? Maybe this boy's story is your story. The whole idea of generosity is a new idea, and you've never taken that step. Maybe you are a bit apprehensive. Maybe you struggle with if this trusting Jesus thing is really all it's cracked up to be. Or maybe, just maybe, you've been consumed with a critical, a negative heart that's blinded you from seeing the reality of God at work. And maybe it's time for you to take a step of generosity, to trust Jesus to come through. The bottom line is, do you believe God? Do you believe him? You know, for my wife and I, while we struggled at the beginning of our marriage, we have become tithers. Um, 
to the church and to, to God's uh, work. You know, yes, there's been times when we've, we've, we've missed it from time to time when life happened, but, but we've always tried to catch up and be where, where we believe God has called us to be in the area of tithing. But you know what happened? We become comfortable with this. I know that sounds awkward, but it's possible. My tradition is on payday, I sit down, I reconcile the checkbook, then I pay the bills. And like clockwork, my tithe is given online before any other bills are paid. But you know what the problem was for me? Tithing just became one of the bills. And along with that, we have become so used to our tithe, the 10% of our income given to the church, and that, that we've become comfortable with it. And this is what my wife and I have been wrestling with through the Unstoppable Initiative. We don't want our giving to Jesus. We don't want our giving to, 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 to the, uh, the church to just be one of the bills. We don't want to stay within our comfort level. We want to live out exuberant generosity, which is a lifestyle of saying, I trust Jesus enough to come through in my life. I trust him. And I truly believe that Jesus challenges us to step out of our comfort zone. And that's what I desire. That's what my wife and I desire. And as we wrestled with, the, with what our generosity level would be, life hit. Life just hit. There was kid stuff. Cars needed maintenance. Our appliances, we hit the 10-year itch of appliances, and one by one by one, they all began to, to go kaput. And in the midst of life happening, we had to ask ourselves, do we still trust Jesus to come through? Do we still trust him enough to come through? I mean, seriously, my friends, it is no joke. Generosity is transformational in the most best basic level. Do I trust Jesus? That's what this is all about. Along with our tithe, we've really been searching through our stored resources. And, and we've been really doing this with our boys. We've been going through our old movies, our old video games, and all the other stuff we have stored up all throughout the house and, and finding ways, how can we use these resources to entrust them to Jesus' mission to move it forward? And that's what we strive to do in these commitments. As you look at the commitment cards and you wrestle through them with us, you know, what are store commitments? Maybe it's as little, little as a DVD, an old movie that you can, you can sell. Maybe there's a car in your garage that's been sitting there and you're saying, one day I'll use this for something. And it's just sitting there that you can use. What are those stored resources? And you kind of add that up with your commitment level over the next two years and see what God wants to do in your life and through you. But as we've been going through this whole unstoppable initiative in my family, I couldn't help to think about this man by the name of Oscar Schindler. I'm sure you've heard of his story because a movie was made about his life in the late 1990s. And this man, Oscar Schindler, was a part of the Nazi regime during the Holocaust days. And he just could not deal with it. And he wanted to save all the people in his factory. And it's estimated that he saved over 1,200 people through his money, through his bribes to the Nazi regime to save them. And if you've ever seen the movie, I love the final scene. It always grabs me in my heart. Because there, Oscar wrestles not with what he did give, but what he didn't give. Consumed with all the emotions of the reality of the Holocaust, he looks at his car and he wonders, how many more lives could this have been? 
This could have been 10 more people. 10 more people could have been saved if I would have given this up. And then he takes a pin off of his jacket and he says, this could have saved one more life. I could have saved one more life with this pin. And I'll be honest with you, my friends. When I get to the end of my journey, I really don't want to look around at all the stuff I've collected, all the wealth I've built up, only to find myself asking the same question, what if I gave this? This could have been one more person who, have, who could have found the hope in Christ. This could be one more person walking with me on the streets of gold. I don't want to hold back. The, the Apostle Paul in Acts 20 says, I don't want their blood on my hands. I'm innocent of all their blood. I'm not holding back. And whether it's living for Jesus or sharing his hope or providing resources to advance his kingdom, I got to be honest with you, I don't want to hold back anymore. I don't. I don't want to be a man full of resources stored, stored up in my house while the rest of the world is going to hell. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to hold back anymore. And I think the question we all seriously need to ask ourselves in our own heart is what are you not giving and why? Just like Oscar Schindler, what are you not giving and why? I often wonder how many people held back that day when Jesus was about to feed over 15,000 people. How many people missed the opportunity to not just be a witness, but actually be a part of something significant, something that would transform generations to come? And I just want to be honest with you. Just flat out be honest with you. The church really doesn't need more witnesses to the event. God desires more people willing to be one of the pieces to the puzzle. That's what he desires. He's got an epic design. Something significant is on the horizon. He's creating this beautiful picture. And he's saying, will you be a piece? Will you be a puzzle piece to this? I'm gonna do something significant. I want you to be a part of it. It's gonna rock the world. Check out Josh and Jen's story. I'm Josh Fugo, this is my wife, Jen Fugo. And I grew up at Impact, uh, back when it was West Hills Christian Church. We started coming here as a couple, we got, right before we got married. And that was about a little over five years ago. And we, uh, we were actually looking for a church, shopping around, were we gonna stay here or not? And what really got us to stay here was joining the growth group. We got involved in the group, the people, uh, the church, uh, we realized this is the place that God wanted us to be, and we needed to be, and we've been here ever since. I think what's interesting about the timing of us joining a growth group was we were just about to go through a lot of changes in our life. Like we had just gotten married shortly after that, we were pregnant with our first child, and the growth group we were in were just like a year or two ahead of us in all those stages of life, and so we had someone to like look forward to, look look ahead to where they're in their life and be able to get advice from them and wisdom and just have someone to talk to about things that we know has the same values and the same spiritual background that we do. I see God moving in a lot of ways. 
specifically just through our kids being in the nursery and the preschool program. Just hearing, especially Caleb, our three-year-old afterwards, repeat whatever the Bible story was that day. It's just interesting seeing that they're excited to learn about God and everybody here at Impact just coming alongside our family and um, helping us raise them and helping teach them about God's truth as well in, in classes. I've, I've seen God, I'd say, really moving in a direction that this church has never moved in about the past five, ten years. Um, really focused on loving other people outside of the church and bringing them in through whether it's through technology, through growth groups, through missions activities, uh, through the community. Just just being able to expand and, and move into a building, being able to redo our current building a few years back, really trying to show people, hey, we, we want to love you, we want to give you an opportunity to be loved. I am so excited to see that church that can really be a, a community center. To, to reach people that I know that are interested in that building, that ask me questions every day. Hey, what's going on with the ice cream? And I, I don't know all the details and, and that's okay. So I'm I'm really just looking forward to be a blessing to you. That's what I'm really excited for. As for me, what I'm looking forward to with Unstoppable um, is the opportunity to reach out even more to the community. Um, friends that we have where maybe there's not something specific at impact right now that could draw them in with more space and more ministries opening up i feel like we would have more opportunity to invite them to something non-churchish get them familiar with some people and the faces and the building and then maybe come back to a church service at some point in the future um, i really think that if we don't stop god he is unstoppable so if we can just let him do his thing in the new space I know he can move mountains and do crazy things with people in our lives that right now we think are impossible. We'll be able to do something great. I'm Josh. And I'm Jen. And we, we want, want to be, be unstoppable. unstoppable. One more thing before we wrap up this message that, I, that we cannot miss in this story. Before Jesus distributed all the food, the Bible says that Jesus gave thanks to God. Jesus, the Son of God, turned to his Father and said, Father, thank you for all the resources that you provided for us. This is a game changer. This is everything. This is the heart that transforms as it turns to God. And the question I think we need to ask ourselves is, how thankful are you for the resources you have? We live in a society, in a culture that is so saturated with always wanting more, always wanting more. And if you're like me, we struggle sometimes with never truly being thankful with what we have. How thankful are we for God, for all the ways that he has provided for us, all the ways that he's come through, like Jesus turning to the Father, God, you're about to do something significant. I'm so thankful for the way that you have provided for me. Generosity is a game changer. It's transformational. God wants to do something through you as you allow him to love you and love others through you. It starts with believing God and trusting him enough that God, I don't get it all, but I know you. And you always come through. But we've got to take the steps like Peter turned to Philip, we need to respond. Respond to God's calling. Listen to him. 
As Jesus settled the crowd, he wants to settle our own heart that, that he's got it. That he's got it, and he will take care of it. Be thankful for what God has provided. Recognize the resources that he has provided you. And trust him enough. Trust him enough that he will come through. God's got this. He's about to do something significant. And the question is, will we be one of the puzzle pieces in his epic design? Let's pray together. Father, you tr are truly amazing. Lord, I don't always understand it, but you never fail. You always come through, and generally much more than I ever expected it to. Lord, help us to have the faith like this young boy. Help us to trust you enough that you will come through. Lord, we want to be a puzzle, a puzzle piece to your epic design. We want to be a part of what you are about to do. You've, you did it in the Gospels. You did it all throughout the centuries. You have done it throughout the history of this church. And I know you're about to do it again. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your desire to use us to allow us to be a part of this. And Lord God, we want your glory to reign. We want your name to be made known. We trust you. And we want to follow you. It's in your name we pray.